You are listening to Real Men Feel with Andy Grant. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having, but all men can benefit from. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. It is my pleasure to have you joining us today. And, you know, life can feel challenging in the best of times. And right now probably is not the best of times for, for most people in the world with the, uh, the ongoing pandemic crisis. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, metaphors and uh, proverbs about walking through fire and the, you know, the suffering, the pain, the, the, the loss of, of life. So today, it's, it's my pleasure to talk to an expert in actual walking through fire. <laughs> it's, uh, please welcome Mr. Barry Collins. He's a hypnotherapist, coach, and master firewalk instructor. Welcome to the show, Barry. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, thank you for having me. For me, and I think for most Americans, people have heard of like firewalking. It's something that happens at like the big Tony Robbins events and that sort of thing, and... Um, and, and I've been at personal growth events where, you know, I've, I've chopped my, my hand through the board and I've broken an error across my neck. And wh- so w- what's, what's the lure? What, what, what is, what, wh- why, why does this happen? Why, why does anyone want to do this? Why does this happen at events? Okay. Um, I'll, I'll give you my teacher's answer first, which is why would you not? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll come back and I'll explain that. I'm sure as, as the conversation unfolds. But yeah, you, you're absolutely right. You know, all these uh, challenge exercises or, or activities or empowerment activities, they, they are, they've become quite common in place in the personal development field. Uh, they, that's overflowed into the, the corporate world. And you know, when it comes to management development, uh, senior management, CEOs, when they are looking for new ways to challenge their own beliefs to raise their game and to, to tap into as yet unreached potential, they're looking for new ways to do that. And absolutely, things like, you know, Tony Robbins is the, the name that most people, um, if, they've, if they've looked into this at all, Tony Robbins is probably the name that they've come across. There's a handful of other people out there who use these activities and they, they tend to attract two types of people. And initially, uh, it can sometimes be the thrill seekers. So these are the same people, the adrenaline junkies, who last weekend they were whitewater rafting, this week is firewalking, next week is bungee jumping. And th- those type of activities you know, attract that type of person. And the other type are, are the people who uh, are seekers, for want of a better description. And the the exercises that we use uh you know they're they're aimed towards those sort of people now that's not to say the thrill seekers won't get something from it but they'll get a lot more than they expected from it because the the seekers are the ones that it's really aimed at and it's those people who come looking for something now they might not know what it is yeah they might not know whether it's something they want to get rid of or something that's a hole in their life that they're trying to fill but these activities are not about the activities. You know, you, you mentioned breaking an arrow with, you, with your throat, firewalking, and, and all these other challenge activities. It's not about the activity itself. So, you know, firewalking as, as the, the, the sort of the big example, if you like. Firewalking is about everything except walking on fire. And that's where this unique appeal comes from. The fact that it's such a, an indelible experience you know, if, if you've ever done a fire walk, you'll have that experience of when you get to the end of 15 or 20 feet of glowing red embers, coals that are burning at, you know, in excess of a thousand degrees, you get to the far end. And our goal as facilitators of these types of events is that you get to the end and you stop and you think 10 minutes ago, an hour ago, three hours ago, I didn't believe that was possible. And whether you didn't believe it was possible for anyone or even just for you. And you get to the end and you stop and you you take a beat and you go, I didn't believe that was possible, but I was wrong. 
what else have I been wrong about in life? What else did I not think I could achieve? So it's all about identifying, facing limitations and, and just smashing through them. Yeah, well, use the term smashing through them, um, you know, but yes, getting through them in one way, shape or form or another. Um, you know, a lot of people, when it comes to personal empowerment, a lot of people think it's about being, you know, strong and powerful and in control and, you know, taking control of everything. And it's not, you know, for, for us, personal empowerment is about being okay with who you are and making a decision that's right for you in any given moment. And that can sometimes be when 300 other people are stepping up, ready to cross the coals, and the right decision for you is, tonight's not my night, and being okay with that. So it's, it's about you know, making decisions that are right for you in whatever circumstances you find yourself in, so that at the end of the day, you, you know you've been true to your own heart. So did you have a, an amazing experience uh, walking fire your, your first time and then you wanted to learn and, and teach people how to do this? Yeah, sure. So um, do, do you want the full potted history now? Shall we do that? Sure. Get it out of the way? Yeah. Sure. So I spent 25 years in corporate, retail, sales, management. So I was Mr. Left Brain. Show me the spreadsheet. Show me the evidence. Show me the numbers. And... Uh, as a way to uh, improve sales performance in our teams, I, I started dabbling in alternative approaches to sales training and stumbled across the field of neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. Uh, have you come across that? Yes, I have. Yeah, You have? Okay. So I came across the field of NLP back in 2004 and kind of went, oh, after 15 years in the business, I'm actually hearing something new. And so I began de delving in deeper. I wanted to find out more about what this witchcraft was. And by 2008, I'd learned enough theory. But, you know, I always say NLP is like learning to drive a car by reading a book. It'll never tell you what it's like to feel the gear change, to feel the biting point of the clutch, to feel the wheels slipping underneath you. You need to do it. And so uh, I what became a, a terrible habit of mine is I tried to get as close to the source as possible. And I was actually very fortunate. I was able to train with Dr. Richard Bandler uh, in 2008, the co-founder of NLP. And then back in 2009, I went back and did my master practitioner with him as well, while still working in the, the, the sales and, and corporate field. And that continued through until about 2013. But in that five years in between, I started to build up my own coaching practice, hypnotherapy, coaching, um, I was helping people get over phobias, weight loss, anxiety, stress, panic attacks, all these things that are ailments of the mind that cause dis-ease in people's lives. And by 2013, I realized that whilst sales were great, this, this potential that I had now were, was far more reaching. And so I was able, very fortunately, to walk away from that, that life in 2013 and focus all my intention uh, into therapy and helping people. And for two years, that's exactly what I did. I built up a personal practice. Uh, by this time, my wife had also become involved in the field. And so she was uh, seeing clients alongside me. And by 2015, we were fully immersed in the personal development field and the, the self-help field. And somebody mentioned firewalking. And... So we, we, we had a friend, a friend who was doing a lot of fundraising for a, a national charity here in the UK, which supported uh, servicemen returning to, to civilian life. Uh, and so we, we said, look, let us organize an event. We'll get somebody in to deliver this, uh, this event, this firewalk, um, because it was on our secret bucket list. And we thought, well, if we can do it for a good cause, then we're kind of ticking two boxes. So we got somebody in to run this event for us whilst fundraising uh, for our friends, uh, drive and both my wife and I woke up the next day and it was like holy shit how do I get more of that in my life that was incredible something had changed and it you know it, it was beyond words you you couldn't put your, your finger on it and so I got in touch with the guy who'd run our event and I said, look, you know, how do I, you know, what, what's the, the, the script? How do you, how do you get into this? You know, is there a school that you go to? And he said, I'm going to give you a number. 
you asked for Steve and you tell him I sent you. And I thought, oh, no, what have I done? What have I got myself into? And six weeks later, I started my training as a firewalking instructor. And so I, I spent the four days, um, four very intense, very long days. Uh, it's full on. It's fully immersive. And at the end of that, I came away as a firewalking instructor, which meant that I was then able to lead these type of events and facilitate other people's uh, change experiences. Um, but my old habit kicked back in of, I need to get to the source. So uh, the guy that I've trained with, who is now my business partner, Steve Consalves, um, at Firewalking UK, where I'm now a, a co-director, put me in touch with the man who had trained him. And his name is Tolly Burkan. Now, Tolly Burkan, most people haven't heard of him. He took firewalking in the late 60s and early 70s, which up until that time had been a, a mystical, very spiritual practice. He had learned it from a woman who had gone out to the ashrams in India and had spent you know, almost a year there and had come back. And he'd heard about it. He'd heard about it initially from a man called Kuda Box. If you want to go back to the, the 30s and 40s, you can look up Kuda Box, who was a vaudeville entertainer. But then he got first-hand experience from his friend who'd returned from India. And he'd heard about it, he'd read stuff, and he'd seen it on the television. And his, his friend said, oh, yeah, we, we used to do a firewalk every morning and every night as the sun rose and as the sun set. And at this point, Tolly was living pretty much a recluse life. He was out in the woods, living in a tent, um, trying to distance himself from civilization. And he said, show me. And so right there and then, Linda, his friend, built a fire. They built a fire. She prepared it, let the wood burn down. She raked it out. And then she stood up and took her shoes off and walked across it. And Tolly was amazed because his, his concept of this was it was some trick. There was some gimmick to it. There was some, something you had to do. And yet his friend, just, so he, without missing a beat, he stood up. He strode across the coals, got to the other end and realized he was okay. And without thinking, he turned and walked straight back across again. And in that moment, he realized the tremendous potential for human growth, for human development through this medium as a tool for delivering a teaching. And Tolly went on to deliver this, this seminar, Attain Any Goal, which you can find online on YouTube. Uh, his seminar, which he became so popular, he was demanded by people like Microsoft, Remax, Coca-Cola, American Express. They all wanted Tolly Burkan to come and train their CEOs and their high-end executives. And he became in such demand, he just couldn't keep up with it. So he began training instructors. And most people know one of his instructors because in 1984, a young man called Anthony Robbins went and trained with, with Tolly Burkan and became a firewalking instructor. So the, the firewalk that, that Tony delivers was trained and taught by Tolly Burkan. Now, Tolly's now retired. He's, he's in his early 70s now, but we're very fortunate. I've been out and trained with Tolly back in 2016, 2018. And so the teachings that we give when we teach instructors are not our teachings. You know, we're very, very big on honouring our teachers and Tolly is our teacher. And so the teachings that we share are his uh, and that's, you know, why we do it the way that we do it is because it's, it's his teachings. Mm -hmm. We're delivering his lesson, which is, you know, his gift to humanity. He's been doing it for five decades uh, and it's time for him to, to kick back and put his feet up. So we, we're now carrying that mantle. So initially you mentioned that you, can, you tend to attract uh, two broad types of people, the, the thrill seekers and maybe the, um, the, the mystical seekers to, to differentiate it more. Um, Initially, what, what, looking back, what, 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 did you, what did you see yourself as? I saw it as I was a thrill seeker. Okay. Um, you know, I, I had friends who had done it. Um, and most of those friends were in the, the personal development community. And, uh, but for me, it was like, yeah, it's, it's always kind of been on the bucket list. Like so many people, you know, the, the bucket list is there. But I wasn't doing anything about it. I wasn't doing anything to make those things happen. Mm. Um, and so when the, the opportunity presented itself, I've got friends doing fundraising. You know, I know people who have now done it, so I can get a good recommend. So we, we kind of put it together and it became a plan. So, yeah, for me, it was very much, it was a, 
I'll, I'll, I would say maybe 10, 15% of it was, there's maybe, I'm maybe personally going to get something out of the experience, but the vast majority of my reason behind it was it was a thrill seek. It was, oh yeah, I haven't done this. Um, you know, you, you wouldn't get me to jump out of a plane or off a bridge, but you know, I could do this. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that was my initial motivation. It's interesting to me that, that you're, you've gotten into personal development and, and focused on helping and, and serving people, but you kind of came at it almost with a, with the mentality that you, like you, you perhaps didn't need development and that you didn't see limitations. You just saw things to, to, to try and new and have new experiences. Is, is that at all accurate? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, once it got to the firewalking, I was already in the personal development field and I thought I'd pretty much dealt with most of my stuff. Just goes to show, you know, man plans and God laughs. So once I got into the the firewalking community and realized, you know, maybe up until that moment in time, I dealt with my stuff. But that was a day ago, a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. Stuff happens. You know, we, we are, you know, in, a, in our very essence, a work in progress until the day that we die. And so, you know, stuff will come up, you know, life will throw you curveballs. I can pretty much guarantee it. But it's how you approach them, you know, how you those challenges that life throws you, it's how you approach them. And, you know, I, I found that firewalking is, or the, the, the personal empowerment field is almost about developing a, a form of resilience to life so that you know when when a curveball comes your way it's not oh god don't let it hit me it's like wow here is an opportunity for a rare and unprecedented experience let's go for it yeah it's it's usually i would say usually it it seems always that that's easier to do in hindsight than when the ball's coming right at you like ah, you just want to duck and run and hide at times um yes like, what is it about fire? Like, it, it both, you know, there's an attraction and there's an innate fear as well. Like, so what, what, yeah. what, what does fire do to human beings? Well, you know, th- th- there's a primal thing about it. So at most, point, uh, most people at some point in their life have been told, stay away from the fire. The fire will burn you. The fire is hot. The fire will hurt you. And so there is all of that fear that is generated by a, a wild, primal, uncontrolled element and yet by the same token for thousands of years people have gathered around the fire it has been a way of bringing community together of joining people like-minded of common goals of common dreams hopes and desires and bringing them together giving them a focal point so there's this dichotomy of what is fire about the yin and the yang the light and the dark and because of that, I think it it provides this, as I said, this indelible experience. You know, when you've walked across 15 foot of thousand degree red hot coals, you can't go back and think, well, maybe I just got lucky this time. Mm. Or, yeah, well, maybe it wasn't really that. It, le- it leaves you with an experience that you can't write over. I was at a, a friend's birthday party. It was his 40th birthday. And I hadn't seen him for a number of years. And I was telling him what I was now doing. And he says, oh, wow, yeah, my mum did a firewalk. Let, let me get her. So he brings his mum over to me. And he says, oh, this is, this is bad. He teaches firewalking now. And she went, oh, fire, oh, I did a fire. Oh, it was the most amazing experience. I remember, you know, when we, we, did, we spent a couple of hours with the, the, the guy getting ready. And he took us through these exercises. And then I remember when we walked. And she gave me this 20-minute step-by-step recount of her experience of how she approached the coals and how the coals felt underfoot and how she felt inside and the fear and the doubt and then overcoming that and taking the first step. And when she stepped, she gave me all this in such immense detail. And I was like, wow, that sounds like you had a great experience. Was that earlier this year or was that last year? And she said, no, that was 20 years ago. And for me, that really drove home the responsibility I have as a facilitator of these types of events that people won't remember me. They won't remember the words that I use on the night. They won't remember, you know, the, the music that was playing or any, but what they will remember, they'll remember the fire. And it's, 
you know, Tolly uses the phrase that it's not what you learn from the fire, it's who you become. And that really is what it's about. You know, for me, it's about providing the opportunity for people to become. So since this does leave such, I mean, I'm, doesn't it can it can mark such a turning point and and a discovery moment and realizing you're more than you thought you were. Is is this something that that people do more than once? Is there a is there benefits from from doing it again years later, or how, how does that flow? It's it's very much a personal thing. I know people who have done it once, had tremendous shifts, and have you know been able to to bookshelf it and go, yep, I've done that. You know, it's been a huge part of my life. It had a significant impact, but I don't have any need to do it again. Thus far, that may change. Similarly, we you know we we have people who come time and time and time again. You know, there are people who are now part of my firewalk team. So when I'm delivering events, they're part of my fire team. They tend my fire. And some of them started out as attendees at some of our small, you know, evening charity events, which are fundraisers. So it's two or three hours of an evening. And then they were there again, maybe three or four months later. And then they maybe came on a full one day intensive. And then they said, you know, actually, how do I get into this? How do I do what you're doing? And so they came and became an instructor. And then they came and helped on the instructor training. And there is that kind of attraction to the fire. And, you know, I I consider myself quite lucky to be able to work with the fire uh, in in what I do. But also, I'm I'm also a little sad sometimes because I'm normally the guy on the stage, sometimes with my wife, you know, sometimes with my business partner, Steve. So I'm not next to the fire because the, the process simply is we'll, we'll light the fire. The fire takes about an hour to burn down while we are doing stuff with the participants. We're getting them ready. And sometimes that hour with the fire can be mesmerizing. It can be hypnotic. It can be, it, it can be you know, almost miraculous. And, and we've seen it when, you know, we, when we have a big crowd as we light the fire and then we take the participants away back inside to, to do their preparation. And this crowd is around the fire and you see them, they just kind of drift off into an altered state and they become mesmerized by the fire. And 10, 15, 20 minutes can pass and there's just an eerie silence of peace and calm as all these people are just drawn in by the fire. Mm-hmm. There's a phrase I use called borrowed benefits where just witnessing someone's transformation, you can actually get them growth without doing it. Does that sort of thing happen for firewalking? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we encourage uh, groups uh, to, to have supporters come along on the night to support them. And that's kind of twofold because the, it's, it's great for the people who are taking part. They get lots of, sort of moral support, lots of cheering, and, you know, it lifts their energy as they prepare to do something, which they may still be terrified to do, but they're now, you know, they've made up their mind to do it. But also those people who are witnessing it, you know, particularly um, children between the sort of 8 to 15 age group, seeing something like that can have a profound effect. Any age, but particularly that age group I notice it with, because it's something that you don't see in everyday life. Now, you, you might see it on TV and you can see it on YouTube and, you know, social media. But when you see it in the flesh, when you see it for real and you see, you know, the, the, the guy who sits at the desk next to you in the office or the, the, the lady you have coffee with on a Thursday morning or the, the guy who delivers your milk, when you see them doing it, they're real people. They're not just some, you know, anonymous individual on, on the interweb. It's somebody you know who has done something unbelievable. And for that, even though you're not doing it, it can have a profound effect on you. This this is dangerous, right? It's not like some like, oh, I saw, I hear you know, people are doing this. I saw a video. Let me just go build a fire in my backyard and, and, and start walking over coals. Do not try this at home. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it, it's there are horror stories about people who have attended a fire walk and uh, have then thought, I can do that and have attempted it. And it's gone horribly wrong. And they, they tend to be the stories that make it onto the press and, you know, the, the, the internet. You, you'll hear far more about those stories. Is it dangerous? Absolutely, yes. You know, that's why 
you know, you, you have to go through the, the training seminar. Now, depending on the, the setup and, and what else the, the event is, is entailing, that can be as little as an hour and a half. It could be four days. But is there a, a real danger? Yes, this is, you know, the, the, there are companies out there that will do what we class as cakewalks. So it looks like a firewalk, you know, and it's really, it's, it's a bit of warm grass. <laughs> now, now to, to kind of quantify that, people st can still get very powerful changes from it because of what they make the experience up here. But if you're looking for the, the, the real experience, then, you know, that, that's what we'll do. The, 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 the process that goes behind preparing this firewalk is so involved. And uh, our CEO, Steve Gonzalez, he was behind creating many of the standards that have been adopted by the international firewall community in terms of the safety and the protocols that are used to minimize that risk. But the analogy I always use is this. If you've ever done a skydive, you turn up on the day and they give you lots of instruction and you sign lots of forms and they give you lots of guidance on do this, don't do that. This is when to do that. This is when not to do this. Follow all these instructions and you will have an experience. Now, if you choose not to follow those instructions, you will still have an experience but not the one that was intended for you, not the one that we want you to have. We want you to have an empowering experience. So if you turn up on the day and go through all our pre you know, preparation process, but then decide to do your own thing, you'll have a different experience. Now, I'll, I'll share a story because even that can be valuable. I had a, an event where it was a relatively small one. We had 25 or 30 people. and We'd gone through the preparation process. And when we teach people to walk, you know, you're walking with purpose. You're walking with intention. This is the kind of pace that you're walking at. What are you doing? You're walking with intention. You're walking with focus. Pick your point. You decide, make the decision, and you go, and off you go. And the first woman up, she gets to the front. Okay, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, you're going to do this. And off she goes. Not surprisingly, she gets halfway across and has to step off to the side. Because, you know, she, she's felt the heat. And so she steps off to the side. I've got another 24 people that I have to get through. So I get them through. And then I go to her and I go, okay, so what was going on? Oh, I, I don't know if I can do it. No, no, listen. Here's what's happened. Let me, let me give you an insight. You were given instruction. You agreed that you knew the instruction. Would you still agree that you, you understand the instruction? Yes. Okay. Did you follow the instruction? No. And in that moment, I saw a light bulb come on. And she realized, and she, she shared with me at that moment, before then going and doing the firewalk again and having the experience we wanted. But in that moment, she shared with me that she just recognized a lifelong pattern. She would go to experts for their advice. I want to do this. I'm coming to you because you're an expert at achieving that. How do I do it? Okay, you need to do X, Y, Z, one, two, three, A, B, C. And she'd go off and do her own thing and wonder why she didn't get the same results as the expert. Wow. Here's this moment from the fire that has taught her this lifelong pattern. I get expert advice. I don't follow it and then wonder why I don't get the results. She's now very successful in her chosen field of endeavor because she recognized that pattern and was able to change it. But it took a lesson from the fire to bring it home. Are, are the lessons learned in the training, halfway during the walk, after it, days, months, years later? Is it, is it all over the place? Yeah. So, again, regardless of the type of event that you come to, whether it's a, a four-day instructor training or whether it's a you know, three-hour fundraising event, in the time that you, you spend with the facilitator, whether that's me or, or one of the, the people that I've trained, everything we do is about helping you to recognize the, the, the opportunities that are there for you in life. Because so often we, we get the blinkers on, we get embedded into our limiting beliefs, and so these opportunities pass us by. And so... From the moment you, the, 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 the workshop, the seminar, whatever name you want to give it, from the moment that begins, we're working to get people to open, to 
to open their mind, to open their heart, to open their eyes. And sometimes that'll happen halfway through. Sometimes it'll happen quite commonly as they step off the coals. Sometimes it's when they're stood looking at the coals and they kind of go, this shit just got real. And it's time to make a decision, do or do not. You know, firewalking isn't a thing that you, well, I'll give it a shot and see how it goes. You make the decision, you do it or you don't. And sometimes we'll get phone calls, um, uh, you know, weeks, months later. Uh, we, we had a, a lady who'd been on one of our instructor trainings and she, she got in touch with us nine months, 10 months after the instructor training. And she said, oh, you can't believe what's just happened to me. I was driving home last night. There was this car accident, three cars in front of me, the car swerved, another car went off the road into the ditch. And a year ago, I would have sat there wondering who was going to help. And last night, when this happened, I was the first one out of my car. I was there. I, was, I took control. Okay, you need to phone, you know, 999. You need to, you know, make sure that that person's safe. Get that engine turned off. Stop the traffic. Go back. And she just took control of the situation. And it was in that moment that she she recognized the teachings that she'd been given. Because all our teaching is done in a way that, it really reaches into your heart. It's not conscious level teaching. And so this unconscious learning that she'd been doing in the time that she'd spent with us and beyond, because it continues, you know, it, it's organic. It continues to develop. And in that moment, she suddenly recognized it. Are there um, reports and shifts that you've witnessed from, from participants that, that still like, blow your mind that that this type of shift could was enabled by a firewalk oh yeah yeah um wow there's there's so many i mean even just earlier this week i received a a message from a man who'd done a a firewalk with us two years ago and it was a a a one day uh very in fact sorry it was a two day uh intensive and it was a lot of goal setting a lot of planning a lot of uh, removing limiting beliefs um confidence building a lot of timeline uh, setting out goals timelines and he, he got in touch earlier this week with photos um of his uh, zen garden because when he'd come to us two years ago uh, he's a hypnotherapist and one of the things he wanted to do was to develop uh, a property which had his own Zen garden, his koi pond with the, the, the koi carp, uh, his therapy um, room at the bottom of the garden. And he sent me photos of this beautifully manicured lawn with the gravel and the koi carp and the wood panelling paths gently meandering through and his therapy room. And he, he said, I just want to get in touch and say thank you because if it hadn't been for that one day, none of this would have happened. Hmm. It's like, wow. You know, and, and beyond those two days, I hadn't really thought about, you know, any any of the goals that he'd say. I've, I've spoken to him several times in between, but you know, not specifically about the, the work that he'd done on that day or the, the two days with us. So to, to see people have a shift that sets the path for them for some amount of time into the future and for them then to achieve those goals is, you know, is, is profound mm-hmm. and very humbling. Do you often hear from people? Uh, do they check in? Is there any sort of follow-up? To... Yeah, so, I mean, we, 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 within the, the firewalking community, so people who have gone on to the, the instructor path, it's a very close-knit community here in the UK, even, you know, internationally. Um, last year, uh, 2019, uh, the UK was very fortunate. We were able to uh, be selected as hosts of the International Firewalk Gathering. So we had, I think it was about 19 different countries, um, you know, represented uh, at the Firewalk Gathering here in the UK. Uh, and it's a huge honour to be able to, to do that. So the, the, the community is, is widespread, but very connected. And so there is very much that, that uh, support mechanism. Um, I, I've, I've done courses in the past where you do your four, five, six day training, and that's it. You've got your certificate, you never hear from them again until they want to sell you something else. Mm-hmm. Whereas 
the community that we're within, you know, we want to support our instructors. We want them to support us. You know, we, we welcome them to come back and support in our events. If they need support with their events, we, you know, we have a, a way, depending on what they need, where we can support them. The individuals who have attended individual events, as I say, many of them come not for the personal development, but for the fundraising or, you know, the thrill seeking. But even those people get something that they didn't expect from it. And there's always that open channel of communication where people come back and say, you know, I, I couldn't believe that I was going to do that. And yet two hours with you and I was able to do things and I got over a lifelong phobia or a lifelong fear or that thing that, you know, I've carried around with me for 20 years. It's gone now. It just doesn't bother me. Hmm. Do, do you see um, many couples doing this together or entire families doing the process together? Sure. So um, when I first did the instructor training, uh, my, my wife kind of went, oh, yeah, I, I love the firewalk. You should go and learn to do that uh, and sent me off to do the training, which I did uh, as a dutiful husband. <laughs> and then, of course, I came back and went, oh, my God, you have to do this training. So six months later, she went and did the training. And then a year later, it was like, oh, my God, that was amazing. So we sent our eldest daughter to do the training. So we are a, 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 you know, a family of firewalking instructors. Um, I'm, I'm a master instructor. My wife is an instructor. My daughter is an instructor. So obviously, you know, they, they're primary components of our delivery team when, when we're doing events. Um, we, we've had uh, several couples who've attended uh, the, the instructor training um, who, have, you know, sometimes it's one of them has come. And then they've come back with their other half and redone the training when their partner has been doing it for the first time. Um, we had a, a, a beautiful couple who uh, I know I'm very fortunate to consider very close friends. And they came, I think it was about a year and a half ago on the instructor training. And uh, they, 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 they were in a bad place, um, you know, personally uh, in the relationship. And this was kind of, you know, the last ditch attempt. This was, you know, the, the Hail Mary before calling it a day. Mm. And I'm delighted to say a year and a half down the line, uh, not only are they stronger than ever, they're, you know, more successful than ever. And they, they sent their 18-year-old daughter, as soon as she was 18, they sent her on the training so that she could have that sort of experience. Um, so, yeah, you know, families, couples, um, Absolutely. On the, the events where it's just sort of experiential, yeah, a, a lot of the time um, people will come with, with, you know, in groups or in couples. Sometimes it's work groups. Regardless of who they're there with, they tend to come with people and it's more for the moral support. Um, you know, when we do the intensives where we, we kind of get beneath the surface of stuff, yeah, we'll, we'll get people who are there for the, the personal development. So since this is often sort of a, uh, a team-building work event, do you, do you ever have participants that just really just don't want any part of this and they're like kind of feel forced along? Yeah. So um, we, we're always very careful when we're dealing with corporates. Um, you know, we always ask them to make it abundantly clear uh, to their participants what it is that they're going to be doing. Um, occasionally, the corporates decide that they know better and we end up with a room full of people who have no idea why they're there. Mm. Um, and that's always interesting um, and slightly challenging. But uh, in the main, most people are, you know, they're aware of why they're in the room. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're still fully engaged. We still, you know, we, we've had it where we've had, you know, two, three, four hundred people in the room. And you'll see the row at the back. You can always tell on their phones and having a chat. You know, when you're giving very important safety instructions, like, you know, if, if it feels hot, keep walking. You're not finished yet on their phones, you know, taking notes and, you know, really just generally not paying attention. And so you kind of, you, you're watching for those and you, you're questioning if you see those people then come up to get ready to walk, you, you really have to kind of pay attention and catch them and go, are you sure you want to do this? You know, and, and stop, because if people don't want to do it, but they feel coerced into doing it, that's not personal empowerment. I would much rather somebody gets to the calls and goes, this isn't for me. I'm not doing this. And I'll probably celebrate that more than somebody who does it because everybody else is doing it. Mm -hmm. Because that's truly impersonal empowerment. That is going, I'm doing what's right for me. doesn't matter what you're all doing. I'm doing what's right for me. And that, 
that's really personal empowerment. Mm. So it's not at all, someone signs up for this, um, it's time to go and you're forced, you force people across the coals. It oh, no. really is up to them. Absolutely not. Everything we do on all our events is voluntary. Um, we will challenge people and we will challenge them. You know, why do you not want to do this? Is it fear? Is it a, some belief that you're not capable? And if that's the case, then, you know, we can work with that because I, I know everyone who comes on our courses is, is capable of doing it. Uh, I had we we we, uh, we did a charity event, a fundraising event for uh, Horseback UK uh, here in the UK, which again is, is part of the veteran support uh, program, and they use equine therapy as a way of, of re-enabling and rehabilitating uh, ex-service men and women. And one of the, I think he's the president or the vice president, uh, a fantastic man, uh, Jason Hare. Uh, he got in touch with me once the event had been booked and, you know, he says, listen, you know, I'm uh, really keen to do this, um, but I have a, a challenge, um, which is uh, I did my three years service out in Afghanistan and on three days before I was due to return, I found an IED with my left foot. And so I, I have a prosthetic left leg um, and, you know, I don't have a left hand. Can, you know, can it still be done? And we were like, if there's a way, we'll make it happen. And so we had several phone calls, you know, a few meetings. And eventually, you know, he was able to do this. Um, it, it was some handcrafted uh, fire retardant uh, boot that was made specifically for his prosthetic because I didn't want to damage his several thousand pound uh, prosthetic. Um, that was my main concern. Um, and getting him across safely. So he, he'd fashioned himself this uh, fire retardant boot from, you know, like welder's gloves so that he was able to do this. Now, initially, he'd kind of approached me. He'd obviously had it in the back of his mind that it might be possible. And that, to me, is actually more open-minded than most of the people who come to our seminars because most of them are sitting there and it's like, okay, this it's time to start the seminar. And on most faces, I see, how did I get talked into? This yeah. is, ah, oh, I can't believe, you know, there's no way that I can do this. There's no way this, or some variation thereof. And that's normal. The ones I get concerned about, the ones at the start of the night who go, yeah, yeah, I've got this. It's okay. I, you know, I don't need to sit through the seminar, but I'll do it anyway. I'm like, you're going to be trouble. You're going to get a lesson tonight. But the ones who turn up with, with you know, fear and humility before the fire. Yeah, I will work with them as, as much as it takes. And I'm confident that uh, if someone wants to, we can find a way to, to get them the experience that they came for. And have you had people that, for whatever reason, decide not to do it, um, return later, more confident, like, yeah, now, now I'm ready now and, and take the program again? Uh, have we had that? I don't think so, to be honest. Well, I, th I mean, very few people on the night decide not to do it. Okay. Um, you know, I could probably, in, in the, what, the five years that I've been doing this, I could probably count on two hands the number of people who have gone, tonight's not my night. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I've probably led, I don't know, 3,000 people across the coals. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the less than 10 people in out of 3,000, I'm, I'm willing to accept that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes, you know, no matter what the reason is, unfortunately, if I've got 50 or 60 or 70 other people in the room, I can't get into working with that one people and leave 69 other people waiting whilst we get this one. You know, sometimes you just have to go, OK, that's fine. I respect your decision. Let's, you know, let's give John a hand. You know, let's celebrate his decision. He, he's making a decision that's right for him tonight. So let's celebrate that. OK, who's up next? And take it that way. And that's all you can do. But, you know, if somebody wants to do it, but they're struggling, I'll happily work with them. Yeah. Cool. So, so for doing this five, for five years and, and 3,000 walks, um, is there a favorite aspect? Do you like training new people to, to go out and spread this? Is it that first timer? Is it someone that gets a, has a breakthrough on, on site? The, yeah, absolutely. The, 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 well, there's so many moments, but the... The, the, real, the real driver for me is being able to share these lessons with someone who is then going to share them with their tribe. 
So the instructor training absolutely is is for me the pinnacle. And it's it's four days. It's full, four very intense days. We start at 9 a.m. each morning. We run till, if we finish early, it's maybe 9.30 or 10 at night. Um, I've seen us sometimes run till midnight or just after. Um, every Every day, um, obviously we break for lunch, we break for dinner, but it's full on. It's just you're from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, and every night is a firewalk. Most people find by the end of the four days of the instructor training, they've completed over a hundred firewalks personally. Wow. Um, you know, and and that is for an instructor, it's it's kind of twofold. First of all, it's getting you past that. Oh, I don't know if I can. I'm not sure. And getting you to the point where you're like, okay, I'm I'm comfortable with this now. But as an instructor who's then going to lead events for other people, it also lends a certain amount of credibility that you can walk into a meeting and somebody, you know, to, to engage someone uh, in, in a discussion about why they should choose you. And you can say, well, yeah, you know, listen, I've done this over a hundred times personally. Mm. Uh, to give you the comparison, I, I, uh, I did a little snooping around a, a competitor's event, uh, not someone that we had trained, it was someone else. And we got talking to the people who uh, were looking after the fire whilst the seminar was taking place inside. And um, I said, oh, you know, what, what's going on here? Oh, it's a firewalk. Oh, wow, okay. And they explained what that was. And, oh, great, yeah. And, and have you done this? Oh, yeah, I must have done this at least two or maybe even three times. Hmm. Really? Okay. Um, you know, I, my team is made up entirely of tenders uh, who have gone through the instructor training. So everyone on my team has walked well over 100 fires. Mm. Uh, you know, my, my wife and I kind of have a little bit of a competition going on. We're both somewhere in the mid 300s at the moment. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it's just a bit of fun to, to kind of roughly keep count. Um, but, you know, it, it's... It's something that once it gets into you, it, you're drawn to it if it's in your soul. So, so even someone that's done it hundreds of times, is there still a thrill, a wow, an insight each time oh, yeah. you do this? Yeah. So um, I, I mentioned the firewalk gathering, the International Firewalk Gathering earlier. And that is a, a gathering of firewalking instructors Um and firewalking masters and firewalking elders, people who have been in the community for three or four decades. And um, because it's, it's people who are very comfortable around the fire and who are all, you know, experienced firewalkers. So we're able to do things that we wouldn't do on a, a charity event or a corporate event because these, you know, in those circumstances, most times everybody's a first timer or with very little experience. So, for example, on a, a corporate or a, a fundraising firewalk, we might do a, a walk that's going to be somewhere around 1,000 degrees, and it might be between 12 and 15 feet long. That's controlled by the type of wood that you use, the way that it's prepared, um, you know, all of those aspects. At the firewalk gathering, the, we, we, we make the joke that the first thing we burn at the firewalk gathering is the rule book. <laughs> and so what we, we, we kind of go, okay, what can we do that we really like to do that we wouldn't normally have the opportunity to do? So um, in, uh, in Hungary, uh, two years ago, we, we had uh, two fires that were about nine, 10 feet high uh, in pillars uh, and maybe 10 feet apart. And when they were at their hottest and flames you know, hitting 25 feet in the air, in Hungary, the, the fire is considered a purifying element. And so uh, to be purified by it, you must show humility before it. And the way that that's done is you walk through between the two pillars. But the only way you can do that safely is to shield your face, to show humility before the fire. But you can feel the intense heat on either side of you. Uh, in the UK, at the end of the, the gathering uh, last year, we, you know, I say th these fires are normally 12 to 15 feet. We made, uh, it was uh, classed as an infinity firewalk, which is the figure of eight. But that figure of eight was, if you did one lap, it was 108 feet long. And people were doing multiple laps on it. Hmm. So is there still a thrill? Is there still something to draw you back? Absolutely, yes. There's always a new way to connect with the fire, to receive a new lesson from the fire. 
Um, and so, yeah, you know, I think that's why some people, once it gets into their blood, once it gets into their soul, they keep coming back time and time again, because there's always something to learn. Yeah, cool. And uh, is there a sort of a, is there a minimum age for a participant to, to, to do this? So the, the, this is where it gets a little sticky. So um, it depends, you know, it, it, certainly here in the UK, for example, uh, our insurance will allow us to have participants of 18 years and above. Uh, participants must sign a waiver, a release form, which uh, declares that they understand there is some risk involved in what they're about to do, but they're being invited to take part voluntarily at their own risk. So they're not under any obligation to take part. And so that way, if they don't choose to take part, that's fine. They've declared that they understand that that is an option and they understand what the risk is. Mm. So um, to be able to sign that legally, you need to be 18 years of age. Um, our uh, policy also does allow us uh, from 16 years of age and above with parental consent with a parent in attendance. Now that becomes a little bit sticky because if you have separated families and one parent consents and the other one doesn't, and so it can get a bit messy. So 18 years and above is, is safer. Now, is it that, that, you know, on your 18th birthday, you suddenly become fire retardant? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, <clears throat> my granddaughter, um, she did her first fire walk when she was nine with full parental consent of both her parents. Um, in Latvia, where, we, you know, some of my colleagues train, um, they, they have children, you know, fire walking in Latvia is, is very commonplace for children as young as three or four years of age. Mm. Uh, it's part of the culture there. So uh, is, is there a, a minimum age? No, I don't think so. You know, it just depends on the cultural implications of permitting it and, and facilitating it mm. and the legal implications as well. Yeah. And, and what about to go on and become an instructor? Sure, for that, it's 18. Um, and that's simply because, um, the, again, there's an agreement uh, that takes place. But uh, also the, the, the process that we lead people through is very intense. Uh, and it could, you know, if, if you're not emotionally uh, mature enough to be able to undergo that process, it, you know, it could be damaging. Um, you know, and, and so we're, we're very conscious. The, the team that we have uh, are very experienced. Uh, our chief fire tender um, a man called Tim, who uh, trained alongside me when I did my initial training. Uh, he's, he's been on every instructor training. Everyone that comes on to assist on the training is an instructor in their own right. So everyone there knows what's going on. They know what people are going through because they've been through it or their version of it. Mm. And, the, you know, we, we, these are deliberately small groups, never more than 24. And again, it's so that nobody slips through the cracks. Mm. Nobody gets, you know, missed. Nobody can hide at the back. But it also means that we can manage them because we'll, you know, if we've got 24 people, we'll typically have 10 crew plus two presenters. You know, that, that's sort of the, the level where we'll make sure that everybody is getting the, the care, the attention, the nurturing that they need. Beyond empowerment, is there kind of a most common or universal aha that, that pe most people get by, by walking the fire? Um. Yes, yes. There's, they, they kind of get the first level of it, um, I would say, which is that we create our own reality. And by that, I mean that, you know, that there's, there's all this stuff going on around us. You, you, you mentioned at the very start about the, 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 the COVID-19 situation that we're currently all experiencing in some way, shape or form around the world uh, at this moment in time. And you know, there's a lot of naysayers and doom and gloom uh, around this. And, and personally, I see it as an opportunity. I'm very optimistic about, you know, where we're going from here. So there's all this stuff that happens outside of us, and we can't control that. What we can control is what goes on on the inside. And so in life, you know, as I mentioned, life will throw you curveballs. I guarantee it. And it's how you choose to view those challenges. If you see them as opportunities, as you see them as ways to grow, to learn, to become more, then you will welcome those challenges. If you see them as obstacles and things to hold you back, to tie you down into the past, into sadness and pain and anger and hurt, they'll do that as well, if you let them. And 
so that I say that's kind of the first level. And once you begin to explore that, you can get to the, the, the point where you understand that you can choose your own response to anything. That no matter what happens around you, how you respond to it is an internal job. And do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this if this is okay, Andy. This isn't something I would normally do, but I thought it, it might be something that you might appreciate. And it, th this is where the conversations ended up. So um, this is an exercise which is about, um, it's about bliss and about how we can choose our response to anything. And it's a demonstration because it's very easy to throw the words around. Mm -hmm. But as a firewalking instructor, as a firewalking master, one of the things we encourage is that people walk their talk. And so when we talk about being able to, to choose your response in any given moment to any given set of circumstances, what we can do is we actually learn to change our body at the, the cellular level. Because, you know, if you're aware that if you go into a state of stress, that your body releases certain chemicals into your bloodstream, into your muscles, you get a stress response, it makes you tense, it can cause dis-ease, uh, pain, uh, unhealthiness. And yet if you choose a different response, if you choose to go into a state of bliss, a state of happiness, a state of peace, it releases a different chemical response in your body. And so it can promote mental health, physical health, simply through the power of your own thinking. And so, as a way of demonstrating this, what, as a master, we learn to do is, I don't know if you'll be able to, to see this quite clearly. This is a, if I put that there, okay. that's, that's a five-inch uh, doll needle. And when, when we go into a state of bliss, it causes a certain chemical reaction in your body that allows you just to, to soften, to open, and change at the molecular level so that you can begin to open to new ideas. I'll try not to do this too quickly. Because then you become like a river and you can never stand in the same place twice in a river. Mm. And so you can begin to enter a state of bliss very easily. And you can begin to enjoy the most obscure things. Now, obviously, I'm not promoting that everyone stick a five-inch needle through their hand. Mm -hmm. But what I'm suggesting is that you consider how you respond to things. You don't just go to the default response that you consider. You see, that's not even bleeding. Wow. That if you go into a state of bliss, all that tension and stress that's associated with anxiety, with panic, that's not actually doing any good. Mm. If you just kind of accept that What's going out there in the world today? Yeah, it's, it's far from ideal. But if you can make the decision to be the best that you can be, regardless of what's going on out there in any given moment, then things that might seem impossible become everyday. Very cool. Ooh, yeah, for those just listening, <laughs> Barry put a, a five-inch needle through his hand. And I could feel my tension rising just, just watching it. But, but yeah, you're in your state of bliss. So that's really neat. And, you know, I talk about it often with, with clients that talk, you know, that person made me angry and they made me upset. And like, no, you I mean, something happened and you, you chose your reaction. Might have been unconsciously, yeah. but you, it, it was up to you. Nobody can make you 
feel anything. Absolutely. And if you're buried, nobody can even make you bleed. <laughs> cool. So you, so you, you did mention COVID and now you have two. And let, I mean, uh, how this must have has impacted your ability to do your, your fire walks and, and events. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, um, in, you know, from March, when, when here in the UK, we went to, into lockdown on the 23rd of March. Um, there was already sort of from around the 10th of March, there was whispers that things were going to have to change. Uh, and so in Mar- March alone, we have five events that were due to take place that have been postponed. Um, a week ago today, we would have been uh, into the, the second day of our firewalk instructor training, uh, our spring training, which has now been postponed until August. So, yeah, you know, because the, the activities that we do, they, they kind of rely on two things, gatherings mm-hmm. and, you know, mixing with more than one family, more ho- more than one household. Mm-hmm. It kind of, put the you know, the, the, that's it. You know, you, you're, you're suspended until further notice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the, the great thing is that, a lot of the work we do is with charities and those charities now um, are, are probably going to need our help more than ever uh, simply because, you know, all their fundraising events over the summer are probably going to be postponed, if not cancelled. Yeah. And so when we come into the autumn months for us, it's uh, I'm expecting we're going to be very, very busy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for me, this, this is great because I get to take some time for me and just kind of un- unwind, relax recharge and get ready for for the excitement that lies ahead when you know the restrictions ease off sufficiently that we can we can move forward and do what we do cool so you're hoping uh by august people to do things oh yeah yeah absolutely i mean um august um is when our next event is um we've got in august we have uh, a fire dragon which is uh, a fire performance our fire arts uh, training experience. So a lot of fire eating, fire breathing, juggling, um, a lot of uh, flow arts. So we, we have uh, some top performance uh, instructors from Canada and from Australia and the USA all coming here to the UK to deliver that training. Um, that's the first one uh, of kind of the autumn uh, events. So fingers crossed uh, that it's all going to go ahead. The way things are looking at the moment, it is looking as if it might just be possible and we may have to you know, change the way that we do some of the stuff, but it looks like it will go ahead and I'm very hopeful. Yeah, good, because you, you can debate what's, what's the worst aspect of, of this whole pandemic, but certainly a major part of it is, is fear. So to have Absolutely. a process that can help people after this, <laughs> my dog is knocking down barriers. <laughs> <laughs> to have a process that can let people you know, break through fear and I'm, you know, perhaps old and even new limitations are rising up in, in the minds of so many people during this time of, of being locked down and, and having so much uncertainty about the future. So yeah, I, I hope you're uh, going quickly and are serving more people than you ever have before. Thank you. Yes. That, you know, that is our intention um, just to continue doing what we're doing and just continue reaching more people and touching more lives in a, in a positive way. Cool. And what's the best way for people to, to learn about, more about the programs, more about you? Sure. So uh, firewalk.co.uk is the best website to visit. Uh, you'll find all our media channels on there. So you, from there, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook. Uh, and you, you'll also find uh, contact details if you want to send us an email or give us a call. Uh, and, you know, whether that's booking an individual event, whether it's attending an open event, if you just want to have the experience of firewalking, maybe some other stuff that we, we do on the night. Um, or if you want to, you know, book us for your corporate clients or, or more, or you want to become an instructor yourself so you can lead your own events. And, we, you know, typically uh, the, the one that we just had to postpone, we had uh, attendees coming from nine different countries around the world um, to attend. So it is truly an international training. Uh, we're also the UK's only purpose-built firewalking academy. We have eight acres, which we use exclusively for, for this training. Uh, so yeah, it would be great to see somebody there. Yeah, cool. And I gotta tell you, this—I um, I don't even know for whatever reason this wasn't on my bucket list. But but after talking to you and getting all 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 the empowerment and the stories and benefits, like oh man, I totally want to do this now. So uh, so I look my work here to is that. done. <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> well, cool. Uh, thanks again, Barry. Thank you for everything that you shared today and are, and are sharing with the world. And again, look forward to being very busy and serving charities and the personal growth of individuals. 
And for all of you personal growth individuals listening, you know, I hope, uh, I know you got some insights out of this and continue to push your own boundaries in whatever way you can. And through all this crazy time, as always, be good to yourselves. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Contact us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Is your prostate waking you up more often than your alarm clock? The fact is, the older you get, the more likely you'll have prostate problems, which can affect your everyday life. That's where Prostate Complete by Real Health comes in. Prostate Complete is the result of 20 years of experience as a leader in men's health. The powerful formula in Prostate Complete supports natural prostate function and reduced urinary urges for a better quality of life. Available at Walmart. Visit ProstateOnePerDay.com for special offers. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.